Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Good morning. What up? This is Inside the Huddle with Jay Foreman, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. We here. We are here again early on a Sunday. That will be changing very soon. I think that uh, me and Harrison will like it. I think our, our uh, body clocks will appreciate not getting up at like six o'clock on a Sunday, even it's though we're not. Early. Yeah, even though we're not playing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And we don't have, we, you know, we didn't feel we're, we're not in bowl practice or anything like that. But um, still, nevertheless, it, you know, the uh, I feel like inside the huddle has grown enough to uh, move it to a different time. So in the next week or two, it'll be an announcement when we will be moving, most likely to a Monday slot, 12 to 1, once a week, uh, along with some other potential schedule changes. But that's uh, some exciting news. And uh, definitely be excited to sleep in every once in a while. And you know what, Harrison, we still have the, uh, 7 a.m. time. The one thing about 7 a.m., Harrison, nobody wants this time. Only a true soldier gets up at 7. You yeah. know what I'm saying? To come in here. Everybody thinks like when you do a show at 7, that's when you get up and do the show. That's not what happens. It's like li- literally a 5.30. Hit a snooze a couple times. How many times do you hit snooze? I try to keep it at 2. Right. I'm. I'm but uh, I know that shower, like I'm taking like a one-minute shower out yeah. the door because I'm, I'm hitting it. Couple, uh, too many times. Yeah, I'm I'm four. I'm a four snooze. <laughs> <laughs> now it depends if it's if I if I spend too much time in the garage. Big shout out to the garage, by the way, where we uh, had the uh, live pregame show, postgame show, in game uh, kind of commentary. Um, and uh, you know, we got some friends that like uh, Fat Bottom Betty. So if anybody that owns a cigar shop, you want to donate, we we are up for that. Shameless plug there. Early in the morning, Harris. I'm gonna do it all, man. I'm just gonna go ahead and just press everybody's buttons. Then I'll shower at night. Okay, so then that allows me to go to about four and a half to six snoozes. So what I'll do is, here's the plan: is if I know I've, I mean, I know I got to get up early, so I'll set the alarm at five thirty, knowing mm-hmm. I don't have to get out of the house, right? So then I can that gives me more snoozes. And then I have another. If I'm just not feeling it, then I got a then I got a I call it a red alert alarm. That is the whole another alarm, you know. So it's, it's I got one of those. That's my six twenty. You better be you better be on the move. That's it. That's what. Yeah. That's 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 when. Hey Harrison, you know I'm running late. And here's the difference. It's great to be down here at ten forty O Street live in effect. Um, but it is about a. I think when when it was at forty eighth and kind of O, I could get there. I've get I've gotten there in about eight minutes, like that's the average. Mm-hmm. I've gotten there sometimes a little, if it, if you catch all the lights and stuff like that and everything's flowing good, under eight minutes. Here, it's twenty for sure. Yeah, I'm coming from South Side, and my biggest mistake I'm like, ah, no traffic, no problem. Traffic lights don't stop. Right, <laughs> I'm still that, hitting every red regardless. Yeah, you, well, here's the deal, it's like five thirty p.m. or four four fifteen to five thirty p.m. You hitting every red light. It's yep. 
5.30 a.m. to about when we come in here, we're hitting every red light. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it's at, man. It's all good. It's, uh, I appreciate it, though, but we got some good stuff coming up. But uh, inside the huddle, you know, obviously this is uh, – Nebraska's not playing anymore, um, but they are well into um, – recruiting season that is recruiting trying to finish the put the finishing touches on their uh early signee classes uh which is coming up december 20th i think and we'll have a um you know <clears throat> signing day show is be all you know 6 a.m to 6 p.m probably um and then they ha- are into the uh transfer portal recruitment as well um which is huge i think you know it's twofold, Harrison. I want your opinion on this. Is like, you know, Matt Rules came in and, and done a good thing of kind of reshaping the culture and or you know taking what was done you know in a positive light <clears throat> light before doing his thing. Um, I think Nebraska has a pretty good handle on initial NIL. You know, as far as like making sure the guys that are I'll call them homegrown, right? Those are the guys that are you've been recruited. You're you've been in the program. Their NIL I think is pretty good. And the and the I think the lines of communication I keep saying I say it all the time on old school that has been pretty good and that therefore the lines of communication if it's clear and an honest and you have um, I call it tangible facts of backing up your words as a coach and as a player um, where it works out in a positive manner or if you get held accountable if you don't do something athletes are adaptable and can handle that. So that's why you have four only four players from Nebraska when you haven't made a bowl game in you know some years. Uh, in this team here, you don't have a, a mass exodus max exodus of players in the transfer portal at least mm-hmm. as of, of yet. Knock on wood. And so I think that's a, a gives the coaches and the coaching staffs I think a little bit more strength to go out there when they're talking to uh, potential transfer portal guys and potential if they're high school recruit guys because you've seen a couple. Kids open up their recruitment. You don't know if that was a mutual decision or just something, you know, things have changed. Um, because if you know your your culture works or is working, you probably should, and, and I'm assuming they do have a better idea of what they're looking for uh, to bring into the fold. And had a pretty big transfer portal class last year. Probably learned some stuff. I'm assuming, you know, obviously had some, you know, probably had a good mix of guys you could depend on, guys that need to develop, like a Kai Whalen that, you know, coming from JUCO needs to get used to playing in this type of environment. And then you had the, you know, a Reed Gilbert thing where it was kind of like a boomer bust, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you you know, you, you had three different types of, um, you know, athletes that you brought in. In your opinion, um, do you think Nebraska should work quick, be patient, or wait to the very end to see who else jumps in the portal because you say a team that has a couple good players plays early in the bowl game like next week Mm -hmm. there'll be guys that jump in the portal off of that those teams as well don't you think or i mean what do you think they they, their game plan should be yeah well i think you mentioned it's big you only have four guys in the portal right now knock on one hopefully that doesn't get any bigger but it's nice to know that you have a pretty good idea on what you need I'm mm-hmm. assuming like there's probably still some guys you're wondering if they're going to hit the portal. They're probably having those conversations with those players. No one rule. He's pretty straight with those players, whether, you know, it's their decision. Um, but I think they seem pretty aggressive right now with the quarterback. You're hearing a lot about Kyle McCord um, and all that going down. But I, I honestly think that you can take your time on this one. Yeah, be aggressive with the guys who are out there now, but you want to keep that portal open because there's going to be players late in there hopping in the mix. But 
you just gotta know what you want. If you if you got your guy right there, like don't don't drag your feet on it. If you right. see the guy early, like there's no problem. Go go after him early. Uh, but there'll be some guys here, maybe some wide receivers down the stretch that hop in the portal. Maybe we can get those in the mix. But I do think they're pretty aggressive right now. The way it seems, it looks like they're attacking the portal aggressively early. Yeah, especially with the quarterback position. Obviously, it's been something that they want to address, and and they don't have to come out and say it. It's the actions, right? And that's and that's what you want. I mean, I think people would have a some issue if they were just staying pat and that's the, in this day and age college football you can't you can't you cannot I mean even though the college football playoff teams are set I can guarantee you they're having meetings about who's in the portal and what they potentially need in the portal for next year you're going to have guys declare for the for the NFL draft you're going to have guys that are going to jump into the portal maybe even as soon as after the you know the first college football round of, of playoff games right and then you have people that flip or kids that flip uh, um, commitments, decommitments, and then they might even say, you know what, I don't want to sign to the later signing period. Well, then you don't know whether they're coming or not. So mm-hmm. the, your roster is constantly, I wouldn't say in, in flux, but it, you know, it could be some change. So I think it's a, uh, you know, one of those things that you, you know, it's good to see that they're out there trying to, you know, get the initial like, uh, you know, intel on them, meet them, and see them. And, and then you see some guys that end up, you know, already kind of like the, the the Baylor quarterback that maybe Nebraska met with. He's going to Mississippi State. So, you know, obviously he's off the list. And then, you know, they obviously spent some time with Kyle McCord, uh, Michigan State's true freshman quarterback, Levitt, um, and then Will Howard. And, and so I think it's just one of those things where the fit and the dynamics outside of football all work together. And, and you know, Look, Kyle McCord, I think, has one year. Will Howard has one year. Levitt has three more years, you know, of eligibility left. And so you have to make sure you have to, you know, make a good decision that you're what you're trying to do and build your program and and really what you're expecting as soon as next year, possibly out of whoever comes into the transfer portal and, you know, Heinrich Harburg and Chubba Purdy, you know, they have to accept the challenge as well because let's just play devil's advocate. If Sam Levitt comes in here, there's no guarantee he's starting. Yeah, I'd hope not. Right. That's the kind well, of, you ain't done nothing. Well, it's even more watched on Michigan state. That's not a guy. That's a competition between where if well, he, they, if he's in the room with Purdy. Like I, those guys better be a competition. I hope it's not just, well, no, I mean, it's, I mean, I think, I think Matt rule and them has shown you that you're coming in here to compete. Mm-hmm. And if a guy like Levitt comes in, him and Purdy are going to battle it out, and it's probably going to be, you know, all the way down to the very last pass in fall camp, you know, um, which will probably bring out the best in both of them. Kyle McCord, you you know, probably a little bit more assumptive, but he still has a room to improvement. Um, will Howard along the same. And, you know, when you look at and, – and who knows who – and the one thing I'll say this, uh, Harrison, is – I think this this staff does a good job. They probably have a couple guys they're talking to that nobody even knows on the old good old what message boards and yeah, X and, and, yeah, all that. and and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And really, that's what and that that's what they should do. And part of it is they're doing their business, doing their due diligence. The other part is that they don't want to play their hand for another potential team to snag them away from. Them. So, um, you know, this, 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 look at at the end of the day, January fifteenth ain't changing. So we're like a month away. I mean, I know it's December 9th, but you know, or what is it? Today's tenth, tenth, December tenth. You, you're you're in there. You're a month away. So four weeks goes by quick, and so it's not only the quarterback position. 
Um, I'm sure they're going to look at, you know, some other position groups. <clears throat> but, you know, the one thing that they also have to do is make sure that they're, you know, open and honest with the guys on the team. And, and as well, it's the tight end position, um, running back position, linebacker position. Um, you know, you can always, you can never have enough pass rushers or defensive backs as well. So if somebody falls in their lap, you got to, you got to take them because we're not in a position to say, all right, we're already set, you know, and, and, you know, one of the guys I think that you could count in the transfer portal or in this kind of um, recruitment class is Marcus Buford. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, they waited as long as they could, had some injuries. Obviously, Deshaun Singleton got hurt. And then you have Omar Brown de- declare for the draft, right? Who I think Omar could have came back and, and done himself some good, but I think he'll, you know, make a team somehow, some way in the NFL. Well, then you're like, okay, well, that's the guy that was probably our most consistent safety or safety and rover or whatever you want to call it well he's gone well you 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 get two guys back because you get a leader in marcus buford Mm -hmm. that gives you position flexibility and then you get a guy that can make plays and and also you got them into live action without you know jeopardizing himself and you know and his career getting hurt in those last like three or four games so I think they, with that being said, they you should feel feel very comfortable if you get Isaac Gifford back, Buford, and Deshaun Singleton. You would have one of the better, let, let's just call them safety groups or you know mix of guys coming back um, in this Tony White system. You know, but you lose a lot at the linebacker uh, position because you lose Luke, Luke Reimer, who's a mm-hmm. you know your tackler, and then you lose Nick Heinrich um, from leadership standpoint, injury. He, you know, kind of retired. And then you don't know what John Bullock's going to do. So that's the only dude you got back. Guy that was kind of like a hybrid, found a position, doesn't really have a lot of experience. And then so now that you you got to really try to replenish it um, rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And linebackers are thought of as a dime a dozen. You know what I'm saying? Unless they're really special, right? Levante, Dave, and all those dudes. Right. But then also those dime a dozens can turn into um, – bronze a booty <laughs> i'm serious because it's it, it, you know the funny thing about linebackers either you can play it or you can't you it, it's like there's no in between you know what i'm saying um and if you want an example of like northwestern they've always had the, the good linebackers they got a good linebacker tradition linebacker coaches penn state it's either you can play it or you can't mm-hmm. um and so you got to have the natural instincts to play it you got to be extremely smart tough um, selfless at a lot of times and you're replacing two guys that logged a lot of playing time and made a lot of plays and more importantly I always talk to people about this Harrison I want your opinion um, it's it's the practice reps as well because that's where development comes from talk about that it, 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 you know how to replace that because that allows just practice to flow easily versus putting a knucklehead Jay Foreman in there as a freshman and never knowing what you're going to get on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, with Tony White, this is one thing. It seems like all the guys get a little bit of the mix. They're they're moving them around a lot. So to, to punish those practice reps, you, you hope you got a guy in the wing that understands the system so you're not just putting up scrubs against each other. Right. Um, but with Tony White, I'll say this much, for how much they rotated guys around and all the defensive guys talking, they all seem like they understand the defensive scheme top to bottom, despite the position. And that's one thing with Tony White where I wonder if that's why they were able to have so much success this first year in a 3-3-5. It looked like all those guys top to bottom understood their role. 
And if I, you know, if I fail at this point, I'm going to put pressure on my linebacker, so-and-so the safety on the outside. So, you know, I think the best way is just educating the guys. And I do think they got some guys back there. Uh, do we have Gifford back? Do you think he could move up possibly a safety role? He could, um, you know, he could move, you know, move in there like kind of a John Bullock, but I mm -hmm. think he's pretty good at, in his Rover. You know, he needs to probably get a little bit better, more consistent, but he, he's made, he made some plays. He found like a home for With him. David Wright in that battle too. I yeah. wonder, you know, maybe that's your answer. Maybe you do move Gifford up to, or even Wright. Uh, Cause I know Javen Wright was playing pretty well towards the end at that Rover position. Yeah. He played Rover. He played linebacker, mm -hmm. which is great. Cause it gives you like position flexibility. I think just Javen Wright using his natural God-given talent, which is his size and length, um, to his advantage. And then you got, you know, um, you know, MJ Sherman shows some flexibility. You got a young guys like, you know, Dylan Rogers. Um, obviously, you know, Makai Gaber, he he gives you he gives you a ton of position flexibility. He has linebacker size being 6'2, 225, 230. And Eric Fields, you know, coming from high school was a tackling machine. So they mm -hmm. have young guys there, and that's what that's part of development, man. You know, and, and John Bullock, it's a great opportunity for you to step into the guy role, like being the guy. The guy from a leadership standpoint, playmaking standpoint, you got to get a ton better, and then you got to bring a lot of these other guys with you. But even a guy like Jamari Butler he showed last spring that it gives you some uh, position flexibility. So it'll be interesting how they attack that. I think you can attack linebacker a little bit later, even if you get a late transfer after the new year, after spring ball. Mm -hmm. I do think you can find a guy because it'll just – these guys, or at least Tony White, and the defensive staff, in my opinion, are really good teachers. So that's how you they they can have a J form and transfer after the was it May when school's out mm -hmm. and get into it and be able to play by the first game and be effective. So I don't think that's as is as imperative as the quarterback position. Maybe another running back based on the injury history and a wide receiver. And a kind of, a, I call him a two-way tight end. Mm -hmm. you and know? they have to sell on offense. They don't have what the defensive problem is. Is where if their pitches, it's like, look, we got a system built. You can plug and play. You're one. That defense is rolling. Like you can get right. a lot of offense. You got to convince those guys. It's not going to be like you're one. This is what we're trying to make it. The defense, it's like here's the product. We can think we can plug you in here and play. Yeah. Offense, you got to show them the dream. Because I doubt you know our quarterback's trying to be the leading rusher again next season. You know what, Harrison? That's good. We're going to talk touch on that before we go to break. Um. You know, there's been rumblings about Marcus Satterfield going from quarterback coach to tight end coach, and maybe that's just kind of part of the process. You know, I think really, to be honest with you, like I know the offense had struggles, right? Obviously, that goes without saying. But I think you also have to take a step back and look at it as every single week they kind of had a game plan based on who was either available or who was playing good. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't work out well, but you could see the conceptually what they were trying to do. So that isn't necessarily a sell. That's something that would actually, if they were recruiting me as a quarterback, I would actually feel comfortable with. Because if you're telling me, this is what I have planned for you, I can actually, now it's not the best thing, you know, picture to look at at times, but if I'm a more of a drop back quarterback that can run when needed, then I already know and I trust you that you're not going to ask me to be the leading rusher quarterback. You actually played call, you made a game plan and, and called plays in order just to win the game. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think, is going to, you know, would be part of the approach. And then I think it, it's a domino effect. You get the quarterback, you'll get receiver. You get the receiver, you get the quarterback. So really, you just got to get one of them going and then, uh, 
you know, then the rest of, you know, kind of fall in place. But then it's also continue to put pressure on the guys that, uh, you know, are playing on the roster right now. You know, the Malachi Coleman's, the Dosses, um, Jalen Lloyd's, you know, like you, you showed a couple flashes, you know, a couple plays here and there. Mm-hmm. But you need to step way up. This is, you know, because at the end of the day, they put they play a lot of receivers, so everybody's going to have a chance to you know prove themselves. But more importantly, you know, you got to get better on a continuous basis and don't rest on your laurels. You know, nobody's entitled to playing, and um, whether it's high school or, or or college, you're not entitled to anything. You earn it every day, and then the payoff is in the game. Mm-hmm. And so, if if I was on this team, and I was even at say if I was a linebacker on this team. And it just, I would just assume that knuckleheads like us, these talking heads are saying that they need linebackers. I'd be working right now. I really would. Because what, the, you was what, November 24th? Mm-hmm. You almost played a month ago. Yeah, and everyone else, all the team, there's a lot of teams still practicing and working right now. Right. So, so if you really want to get ahead, you shouldn't be doing nothing. All the good teams are still playing and working out. Right, and so you want to be, and this also cha- trains your mindset on the on the mental clock and physical clock that you're going to finish out the season when the whole college football season is over. So I would work out, especially right now, mm-hmm. maintenance, working on some weaknesses, get ahead in the in the film study, and then once college football playoffs is over, take a week or two off and then be right. I'll be five steps ahead in winter conditioning. You won't get worn out. That big red project over there, it's like a rejuvenation thing. It's like you could go there and kind of become, you go in there as, you know, one version of yourself come out as, as a even better every single day. So um, if the guys take it upon themselves that they want to change the narrative personally and uh, collectively, they definitely have the opportunity to do it. So good first segment, uh, a little transfer portal, what Nebraska should do mindset wise. Uh, when we come, uh, come back, we're going to dump in or jump into the college football playoffs kind of do our picks and, and uh, see what we do. And then we'll talk about the Heisman. Heisman winner last night. Mm-hmm. Big congrats to Daniels. Uh, we'll give our opinions on that as well. Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We'll be right back.